You're listening to the Teen Entrepreneur Podcast, where you'll hear about the startups teens have created and learn about their struggles and successes along the way. I'm your host, Melissa, and today's guest is Siddharth. Siddharth is a teen entrepreneur based in Austin, Texas. He's the founder of Trashbots. Siddharth, I'm so glad you could join us today. Why don't you give everyone an introduction to what Trashbots is and how you got started with it? Yeah, yeah. Thanks so much for inviting me. So, what Trashbots is is we develop affordable robotics. Uh, we develop an affordable robotics kit that, just because it's so affordable, we can go equip even the most unprovided areas with these, and uh, they basically maximize the creativity of the students because you know it's called Trashbots. You're making robots out of trash yeah. instead of current day kits. You use what you have inside the box, and it kind of limits the students' creativity because, let's say, you get like a Lego kit you are going to only use the pieces you find inside it. For us, you can use anything you find around you, such as popsicle sticks, water bottles, yogurt cans, etc. So uh, and how this got started is basically my brother and I, we've been teaching robotics camps in India for the past five years. And uh, through that, we've kind of seen, seen, seen the uh, need for something like this. Uh, we've been taking different robotics kits and saw that a each of these robotics kits were extremely expensive and uh, obviously to take to some unprovided community in India and orphanage they couldn't afford to get it and they had to get sponsorships in order to bring that into their school which is hard right and on top of that it required a lot of infrastructure meaning that they had to have a continuous power wi-fi a room full of computers and all of that racked up the cost a lot so we set out to create a platform that could basically drop the cost uh, and, and the infrastructure needed for a kit like this uh, to very minimal so that schools and uh, learning institutions all around the world from the corners of India to urban schools in the U.S. could buy these kits and use them. Yeah, that sounds super cool. So how, do, how are you able to drop down the price of the robotics kits? What did you do exactly to make them affordable? We went about that in a few different ways. Uh, the first way I'd say is we utilized different technologies that allowed us to be able to do that. So, for example, the core processor we're using is this board called the BBC Microbit. And it's already, already available at very high scale. So because of that, each board costs $10 when we're buying them in bulk. Normal, normally a board like that or a processor that's controlling a whole, whole kit might cost much higher, but since we're utilizing like that, also Android is another of these type of technologies. Since we're using technologies that are already available at scale like this, we're able to bring down the cost. And the other thing is what I was mentioning before is since we're using pieces around you, you don't, we don't have to provide all the pieces necessary in the kit because kids are using what they can find. What are kids able to do with kits? Are they able to make something out of them or what's that like? Yeah, so what the, what the kit exactly is, you have a physical component, so the actual box, and it has a board in it. And on top of that box, you can add the pieces we have and the trash you can find. And that, so that's the more of the physical component. On the other side, we have a graphical programming app that, let's say, kindergartners, first graders, all the way up to, let's say, eighth graders can take out that graphical programming app and code the robot. So kind of learning graphical, uh, the, how, how programmatic thinking, how programming works in general through the programming side and then also the physical aspect of it. When you're doing work in orphanages in India, do you sell them the kits or do you give them away? So we kind of have two different business models 
initially, what we're trying to do is we drop price point very low and we sell to these schools that are easily accessible and we can actually market to. Because a lot of these in the corner schools, like let's say in India, it's hard to market to them because they're not very connected socially across networks and social media and all. So what we're trying to do initially is to sell to these it's kind of B2B marketing. We're selling to businesses and teachers right away in these schools in the area and in the U.S. and uh, wherever we can market to. And from that, once we start making a good sustaining revenue, we can start having even programs like the Tom's model where you buy a kit and uh, sponsor a kit or just start giving kits to these orphanages. What's your revenue model like right now? How much have you made from selling trash ball kits? So right now our revenue is at $30,000 through an Indigo campaign that we did. We raised that much money and we've collected orders from teachers across the nation and across the world who are interested in buying our kits. Next steps is we're going to use that money to partner up with a Chinese uh, manufacturer in India and start making get our first round of kits and supply to those uh, people who've ordered already. And from there, just through marketing, continue to sell. Could you talk a little bit about what Trashbox is going to look like in the future? Yeah, so obviously we look forward to um, growing this out. I think that's one of the hardest. Being a teen in entrepreneurship is that your life is not like it doesn't sustain as let's say you're 30 years old, you're probably going to stay in Austin, keep working unless something happens to the business. For us, obviously I have college to look forward to. My brother's already going to college and it's, it's more disruptive life, I guess that makes sense. So uh, it's, we, we, I mean, we look forward to growing it out and finding a, a customer base that's obviously growing and establishing monthly recurring revenue and MRR, right. And uh, seeing if we can take this to greater places. What's the impact that you've made so far? So with the Trash Bots kit, we've uh, gone and run camps in different areas. Obviously, it started off by the camps in India, these orphanages, and it spread to, uh, we went down to Peru last summer, and we taught a few classrooms full of Peruvian kids with actually the, the help of the Peruvian Ministry of Education, invited us to come down and teach some of their kids just so, A, they could enrich students with the Trash Bots kit, and B, they could see how exactly it worked to, uh, to see if the future partnership would be uh, appropriate. Actually, before that, we went to Mexico and taught a few days, and that was with the earlier version of the kit. And from there, of course, we did Peru, and we've done a few rural and urban camps in the U.S., India. Uh, we flew down to Chile, too, so just hitting different spots. How did you get started with robotics to begin with, and what made you interested in it? I've done a few coding camps here and there, and I really liked computer science when I was in middle school. So I joined the robotics team in ninth grade at Westlake, and I quit after a year because I also had started Trashbots at a similar time. So I uh, quit robotics to focus more on Trashbots and uh, doing that full-time now. And can you talk a little bit about your entrepreneurial journey? Was Trashbots sort of like the first business venture that you've gone through? Yeah. I'd say it was. I mean, obviously, it was a very interesting experience starting a company, A, at a young age, and B, without much prior experience. But uh, the traction we've had shows that, I guess, we're on the right track and we have good product market fit. Start off with the Student Startup Awards in 2017, in March. And from there, we've gone on to get a Global EdTech Startup Awards. We were nominated top 10 um, EdTech startup in North America, uh, as well as we've accepted into a few accelerators, giving us office space. What's your background like um, in entrepreneurship? 
my brother and I participated in this thing called uh, Lemonade Day Austin, which is this initiative where they host one day in the whole year in beginning of May, I think. Uh, people basically go out, you set up a lemonade stand, and they're trying to teach you about why entrepreneurship is beneficial through running something as basic as a lemonade stand. And my brother and I did that when we were five and seven. So really, really long time ago. But I think that was the thing that initially spurred my brother and I's uh, passion for entrepreneurship. What are some of the challenges that you've personally faced of trying to start a company as a teenager? I'd say the hardest thing would be that, obviously, as a teenager, you aren't exposed to the skills that you need to to be an entrepreneur, right? I mean, I'd say that of a lot of entrepreneurs, even if you're in their 30s, but especially as a teen, because you haven't even gone through college when a lot of entrepreneurs maybe have, right? So I think that the hardest thing was seeking out people to help us because where we didn't know, we could find people who definitely knew stuff. Could you explain a little bit about what's it like being in an accelerator program in high school? And then could you also explain what an accelerator program is to those who are unfamiliar with it? It's, it's a program that you apply to. And basically what you do is if they think you are suitable for the program, what they'll do is they, they'll give you resources such as office space. They give you access to their mentors, give you sometimes capital, which is money. Uh, it's different, different basically amenities they'll give you. And in return, some of them don't, like the first one we applied to, the, it's called Tarmac TX. Uh, it was a social impact accelerator. For nine months, they gave us office space at a downtown space called Galvanize. And we didn't have to give them anything in return. All we had to do is obviously apply. And uh, in return, we got access to that um, office space. We got a personal mentor that we could utilize whenever we wanted to. And then more recently, we applied to the Capital Factory Accelerator. And they give us six months of office space, as well as access to their huge uh, network of mentors and events that they have, a lot of discounts and free events you get to go to, which we've seen that immensely. Uh, it's, it's very, very, very useful for us. Uh, and in return, we give them 1% equity in our company. But we've seen it to be extremely useful, not only because it makes you more professional in an office space where you get to uh, meet people. I'm, I'm sitting in the office space right now. Um, but additionally, you get people to talk to. If you ever have any questions, you can go on their mentor network and say, I need somebody to talk to about pitching to venture capitalists. I need someone to talk to about content creation or marketing, like go to market, market, go to market for teachers. Stuff like that, they have people available for all of those. What's it like being in an accelerator program in high school? Do you go there after school or on the weekends? Yeah, well, I'd go there after school. I would go into our old office and galvanize. And uh, it, was, uh, it wasn't too bad having to juggle that in school just because I, I felt like school came second, honestly. And I would finish trash bots work. And then if I had any time, I'd just finish some, uh, finish some homework. And it's going to be the same thing for me this coming junior year. It's just going to be after school. I head over to Capital Factory and work out. For someone who's in high school, how do you personally find the time to balance work and school? It's basically balancing what do I have to do first. And often it was trash bots. And I just, I mean, I'd figure out if, do I need to finish this for school tomorrow? Like WAP reading, I'd end up doing a bunch of reading basically on the weekends uh, because 
I didn't take the time to read on the weekdays because I didn't find that necessary. I thought it was more useful to do trash bus work. So it's just kind of finding the balance. Do you think that your schoolwork suffered from that a little bit because you chose to prioritize trash bots over school? Honestly, not at all. Somehow I figured out the way I cracked the riddle to uh, manage them both in the best way possible. That's that's impressive. I still need to learn how to do that. I honestly don't know how it happened. It just somehow all the puzzle pieces fell into place uh, where I could. I mean, it's basically just utilizing the weekends kind of and after schools. What's the best piece of advice that you could give to a teen or just anyone in general who's looking to start a business? Yeah, I would pull it back to find the mentors, find find advice because you can't tackle a big solution on your own uh, with the stuff that you know. You don't know, I mean, everything from, okay, you're making a product or whatever your consumer good or whatever it is you're trying to make as a company. You have to make that as well as you have to go market to whoever you're trying to sell your business to, as well as you have to do back office stuff. It's just so much to tackle. I would say find mentors and advisors that you know that you can lean on to help you go achieve stuff because whatever you're going to do, even if you try to do it yourself, you're going to spend 20 times, 30 times as much time as somebody who's already done it 500 times will. So I think it's finding those right people to help you. Do you have any tips for finding the right mentors and finding the right people to work with? I think it's through these, through, um, A, obviously accelerators help you so much, but just networking events and just talking to people. Often you find the best people through personal contacts. If you talk to somebody, hey, I don't know, I'm starting this business and I'm trying to find somebody in this area. Do you know anybody? I think it's the best way to do it. For Trashbots, what are some examples of challenges that you've had to go through and struggles and how have you been able to overcome them? Well, more specifically, let's say um, manufacturing, right? (laughs) Not many teens know how to take a product that they've developed and go manufacture it in China and find the best Chinese company to do that. Uh, So I think, I mean, that's a very specific thing, but finding a way to do that. That's, again, we found somebody somebody to lean on, somebody who knew their way around uh, that system very well to help us go uh, and find the partnerships that we need. Do you think that starting something like this, an organization, as a teenager, is an advantage or a disadvantage? Definitely an advantage. It's just the, the skills and knowledge you learn as a young person benefit you so greatly as you get older. It's just that uh, like a, lot, a lot of things that we learn as teen entrepreneurs, people don't really get that experience, maybe never get that experience, but if they try to become an entrepreneur, they won't get that experience until they're maybe halfway through their 30s. I think knowing that knowing that skills in high school themselves or developing them will definitely better better you off uh, for future years. Mm-hmm. And um, in the Capital Factory Accelerator, I imagine that you're probably one of the youngest people who are there. Do you think that your age has ever limited you when working in a, in an accelerator program? No, I mean not really. Uh, obviously, when I'm networking. Sometime, depending on how long our conversation is, with some, my conversation is with somebody, the question will be asked, wait, how old are you? <laughs> and um, I, I don't think it's that much of a holdback, honestly, because I'm working here just like all of these other entrepreneurs, and we're kind of leaning on each other. I mean, people asking me for feedback, I'm asking them for feedback. And it's all just a network of people that they all support each other. 
And that's how the accelerator and just capital factory in general works. And the startup community, the startup ecosystem in Austin, that's just how it works. Uh, so I, I think it's definitely a benefit. Do you think there's a personal habit that you have that you think really contributes to your success? I think that I have a high attention to detail just in general. And it's kind of like an OCD or being organized type of feeling, which I don't know. I think that just really positively contributes to an entrepreneur's life. <laughs> it's something that if you have the opposite of doesn't really doesn't doesn't really do very good for you. I think another thing also is like your ability to public speak. When you talk, you sound super professional and confident. <laughs> like, uh, thank you. Is that a trait you've always had or is that something you've just picked up along the way? Honestly, I'm pretty sure I picked it up along the way. I mean, I've always had a knack for like public type of things. Like I'll go up and sing a song or play guitar or something like that. Or, I mean, speak. But I, I think it's definitely been improved and yeah, sharpened over the years. And it's, it's, it's def definitely something that helps a lot especially when if, if you're speaking to even somebody important like an investor or something like that that confidence like like you've heard the, you've heard the the i guess it's not a it's more of a thing that if, if you're confident you can kind of get away with oh, anything yeah. you for just sure. walk in confidently it you can basically pull off anything and i think that i've definitely seen that reflected it i mean obviously not that i'm like bsing stuff but i can be confident and it reflects very highly is there a good book or a podcast that you recommend for someone who's looking to get started into business? Yeah, Freakonomics. Have you heard that? Have heard nope, the book by Stephen I Levitt? have not. Yeah, it's basically I mean, what they say is it's the hidden side of everything. I don't know. I just think it's a it's a it's a really interesting book because it kind of talks about um, Freakonomics, freaky economics, and. Uh, and it's super interesting. I'd recommend it. And this is like a little self-promo that you can do, but how can people reach you or Trashbots? <laughs> yeah, you can reach, uh, you, you can go on our website. It's trashbots.co uh, and you'll find tons of information about what's latest news and uh, how to order a kit online. And also if you want more frequent news, you can go on our Twitter at trashbots.org. This one is. So uh, Twitter or uh, on our website, and you can email me at siddharth at trashbots.org, S-I-D-H-A-R-T-H, at trashbots.org. Yeah, definitely. So thanks so much, Siddharth, for doing this interview with me. Um, I look mm -hmm. forward to talking to you soon. Yeah, thank you so much. All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Teen Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa, and I'll catch you next week.